It is Saturday the 16th of September 2023 and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography Hey Jeremiah, how are you doing? Doing okay, doing okay. I'm starting to think about what gear would you buy if you just won the lottery? <laughs> you have bought some really good fun stuff for us this week, haven't you? I can and yeah, I can see the glint in your eye. We're we're going to talk today about the most expensive lenses and cameras that you could buy. None that one could say are affordable in the general sense. And do they make sense? And would you even want them? But I think, it's great. I think it's great because you, you sent me a link earlier in the week about a, a new lens that's been announced, right? And I thought, okay, yeah, that is a ludicrously expensive lens. And then you turn up here today for our recording session with a whole handful of much more expensive lenses. <laughs> so, yeah, know. to make that one seem almost affordable. Well, I, I, we have uh, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum as well. So having indulged with some in some speculation last week, or if not speculation and at least wishful thinking, um, we have now had the Apple announcements. Uh, so, of course, the, uh, there is another, there's a new lens in the Apple lineup this year, uh, which is the 120 millimeter equivalent lens, um, which they managed to achieve still by only having a tiny little bump on the back of your camera and uh, multiple prisms inside the body of the phone, I think. So anyway, so, so we got... It's done, they say, with mirrors. They so they, they just bounce it around. In fact, it reminds me many, many, many moons ago, I was making a commercial and I was very... At that moment or period, I was favoring long lenses for absolutely everything, whether it made sense or not, and uh, <laughs> found this fantastic two-chair barbershop at the corner of some really fabulous street that had all natural patinas on the wall in terms of paint and color and fade and the old barber chairs and all of that. Didn't need any art direction. Problem was... It was the size of a closet. (laughs) Hence only the two chairs then, yes. And to figure out how I would use it um, practically for a commercial, we just brought in two large front-surfaced mirrors. Front-surfaced. Okay. Yes, so the light would not have to travel through glass. Okay, all right. um, And then bounce off the surface of a reflective coating. Right, okay. So the reflective coating was on the front, so, Mm -hmm. you know, near 100% efficiency. We we use this in film as well. Um, But mainly, you know, when you're bouncing light, you don't need to be that accurate. But for film, you should be really, really critical in terms of focus. So I just used long lenses and positioned the mirrors so that they would just bounce off of each other and shot the whole thing with, you know, 150 millimeter lenses, even use something like 80s in a very (laughs) tight space. And that is really Effectively, what the design of the Apple long lens in the new phone is, it just uses micro mirrors and they bounce it around and it's very frame accurate. And of course, all the processing inside. Um, You know, having said that, I wasn't that like, wow, overwhelmed with the new phone. I think it's just, you know, the usual step up. 
um, slightly. Um, I look forward to the next iteration. Um, But, um, you know, I'm always behind Apple and love always their new phones and will, of course, be tempted. But I'm not sure that the pixel count is is worth, um, you know, upward right now for me i have a 14 so i i really don't see it uh yeah so you don't need particularly a massive upgrade yeah so i tend to 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 wait two generations not uh, yeah, the I t- generation, I but the wait, second one. Yeah, more, yeah, more than that, even possibly. But um, the uh, yeah, so well, uh, it, it's interesting. I, I, I did find myself thinking of the Hubble telescope actually, um, and and the issues they had with the mirrors in the Hubble telescope uh, all those years ago, um, and. I wonder how many people are going to drop their new iPhone 15 Pro Maxes because it's only in the 15. It's a lot to say that, isn't it? 15 Pro Maxes. Um, and and then the mirrors go out of alignment and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see if they get a lot of them brought back. But uh, Of but, course, I'm always cheering for Apple because we want them to succeed and... Yeah. Uh, absolutely well and all, all of them that are you know the, the competition is is what keeps all this stuff alive isn't it you know if yeah. they, if anybody yeah. falls behind it's a pretty pretty cutthroat market the phone market yeah. isn't it so uh yeah i you know, root for all of them and uh, yeah help them push each other along so so yeah i hope it works well um be interesting to see what it looks like uh when we when we they come out anyway right so so that was one lens that got introduced and i'm i'm, I'm uh then the the lens that inspired all of this was um, a new Noctilux from Leica that you found a, a, an announcement. Yeah, from. I do have a Japanese version of this lens. I think it's, I forget the, who made it, seven, seven something. Uh, uh, seven artisans? Maybe? Yeah, te- seven who? artisans. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. I, I've had a few and you would, you kind of adjust the focus. They send you tools and a focusing <laughs> chart. And so you have to do the lens setup to your camera right. by yourself. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a very, very inexpensive lens. I've shot it um, with my, uh, you know, like, uh, I think M6 uh, at 0.95. I mean, so that's so that's know. the fifty mil point nine five, is it? Yeah, right, okay. heavy lens. Uh, yeah. The bokeh is extraordinarily beautiful. Uh, of course, um, autofocus does help. You have to be very, very frame accurate. Yeah, and if you're manually focusing it, it is. Uh, you know, it, you have to be very, very, very fo- focused on yes. what you want. It's sharp. Yeah. Uh, but those lenses are magic, and I've always craved one. And then, lo and behold. There it was um, for a, you know, fabulously advantaged price of $15,000. It's funny that when I did, I sent it both you and Chris and Chris um, sent me back a image, a new product of a um, $20,000 coffee uh, espresso maker. Oh, okay. Well, so so let's so this is so this the the lens that has been released and it's got a, a long it's got a long title. It's the uh it's the Leica seventy five mil Noctilux F one two five one point two five spherical. So, so 
this is essentially a 75 mil lens so it's a portrait lens with uh, an aperture that opens to f 1.25 or in plain english razor thin <laughs> yes and flat flat field edge to edge so that that's another accomplishment of the lens design because there's no fall off it's really really a flat field lens and um uh, would be uh, a nice p- piece of kit were somebody to give it to you as a w- birthday present. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be a grand <laughs> birthday present, that wouldn't yeah, it? That's so, uh, that would know, be that would be quite hints, something. All hints to everybody. And as um, you say, a very very expensive lens. Um, now you know, as we know, expense is a relative term. That's Same true. In this country, it's only eleven thousand four hundred pounds. <laughs> That's true. And like Leica does or has made another lens, a long lens, um, and its price, well, first of all, I'll just say that it's it's a slightly longer lens in that it is a 1600 millimeter lens. Hey, that is quite uh, a bit longer. <laughs> and it's a 5.6 millimeter. So, you know, it's, it's okay, but it's a 1600 it's made by Leica, of course, and it, it, it can be yours for uh, the bargain price of $2 million. Two, $2 million. So, okay. So, yeah. so, yes, as you said, 1,600 millimeters. So that, I mean, that, that's an extraordinarily long lens, right? That's the sort of thing where you take a shot of the moon and the moon is bigger than anything in the foreground, isn't it? That's, yeah, um, yeah so. and, you know, the lens hood is probably sold separately. Uh, <laughs> they say that the, the weight of this lens is 60 kilograms. 60 kilograms. Okay, so it's not one that you hang over your shoulder then, right, and go for a walkabout. It's not a street photography lens then. No, so the additional <laughs> cost of probably multiple tripods <laughs> um, yeah. and or an assistant. Uh, several several assistants. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it was made specifically for a single individual, um, shockingly, from the Mideast, a sheikh, no less. Yeah. Um, Saudi And uh, I guess he phoned them up and said, uh, build me this lens. And they went, gladly, sir, it'll cost you two million. He went like, fine, we can have it. And uh, so there it is. Would love to see some pictures from it. So uh sheikh uh, mohammed if you're listening uh please post some images on our website we'd love to see them yeah that, that would, yeah that, that would be fantastic okay so um and uh i, I guess somewhat sensibly that's a like r mount rather than m mount i don't think you get you don't think that would balance on the end of your your range finder camera but um no Though I do have a feeling they would probably make whatever mount you want. I suspect that. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going For to the custom, cost if you're going to the custom mind. shop, right? Yeah, that's the then. So okay, all right. So that puts things in perspective. But um, that's that's yeah, that is an enormously fun. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it is just I can't even conceive of really what what you would take photographs of. I mean, apart from things that are a very, very long way away, of course, with the sixteen hundred. <laughs> That's a start. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are. Uh, you know, you know, run through a few more of these, and these will be all posted on our uh, notes um, at the 
Uh, yeah, we've and, got li- links to all of these things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, if if you are in the mood for a fisheye lens, for example, and you I like were a fish eye. in, you know, a good fisheye with a good Nikkor mount, uh, six millimeter on the opposite side, two eight, which is pretty fast for a fisheye, good mm-hmm. angle of view of 220 degrees. So that is actually a little bit behind you even. Yeah, it can see behind itself, which um, is awesome. And, you know, it, it's the lightweight of 5.2 kilograms, maybe, you know, 12 pounds <laughs> or something like that, 13 pounds would be nice. Um, you could almost carry that around. Um, and, yeah, you uh, just about, you know, yeah. and that could be yours for the advantage sum of $160,000. Right. So dropping fiercely from two million to one sixty, all of a sudden this seems like something that you could almost pick up on eBay for a bargain. Um, so there's that. Why would you need a fisheye for one hundred and sixty thousand dollars? I ask you. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they made this. Actually, um, I, this is quite a famous lens, isn't it? Because it's it's been auctioned in the last couple of years and stuff yeah. like that. I guess that's where they get the price from. Um, and uh, and I have seen um, photographs of it. Um, uh, I don't know why they would make that, actually. Uh, well, you know, many of these lenses were custom or purpose-built for, like, um, you know, the lunar program, like certain cameras mm. we'll talk about. You know, they, they, there is a, another lens dropping significantly, another 10,000 in our competition here for most expensive. Um, this is a, you know, a 50 millimeter planar, beautiful planar lenses. I love them. They're flat, flat, flat. They have no edge or barrel distortion at all. It's a 0.7. So it works with minimal light and great bokeh, I'm sure, though. I don't think you'd be really futzing with that, taking pictures on the surface of the moon. Um, there were six made. Um, and uh, the most famous of these were sold to Stanley Kubrick. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, who, yes. who shot Barry Lyndon um, yeah. in Candlelight. Uh, they're made by Zeiss. And uh, that was probably one of the most famous lenses. And, and, and a lens they hung a lot of the advertising uh, of the film, as I recall, on. It was uh, a... Um, it was a newsworthy um, approach to lens uses in cinema. Yes. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and of course, the look was uh, astonishing, really beautiful, and killer on focus pullers, from what I understand, uh, because <laughs> focusing at 0.7 lens is not for the Do you know what's mind. going through my head right now? So, so yes, the focus puller becomes one of the most critical and intense jobs on, on the set. Um, well, imagine continuity anyway. if you if you get it wrong and you have to do it again but the candles are burned halfway down what do you do for yeah. continuity in that sense you well, know, there's that. There, there, there is that um something that that appears to be nothing short of a miracle when you compare this to the 1600 millimeter um 1600 millimeter uh lens by leica is a similar lens by Zeiss, and it's a Sonar 1700 millimeter. It's an F4, so please don't, you know, 
just <laughs> turn away, shrug your shoulders and turn up your nose at an F4 1700 millimeter. It's pretty good. It's made for a Hasselblad. Um, it weighs over 250 kilograms. <laughs> um, I think one of the problems with it, uh, and one of the reasons I wouldn't buy one, is it doesn't <laughs> come with a focusing ring. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really not sure whether that's something that is uh, added later or just meant maybe to be it maybe if, so, so maybe it doesn't always. need it so if it's if it's yeah because right. even if your shortest focal distance was 20 meters right okay so yeah you, you, nothing you're not going to be able to see anything that's 20 meters away with the lens that long anyway are you so so perhaps it didn't need one perhaps it was it, it worked yeah. perfectly well mm. and that you know is advantaged um, at the you know one time only cost of a hundred thousand dollars, and uh, so it can be yours for a hundred thousand dollars. Think of saving one point nine million dollars on a yeah, long but, lens if you just shop around. But so it, it weighs a quarter of a ton, though. So yeah, it's like I could. How would you? You'd need a you'd need a truck to transport a couple of, it. Well, a couple of assistants would probably do it. No, 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 you need a lot more than that. So, we, um, let's say, I mean, roughly speaking, safely, people, you know, your, your average, decently strong person can carry 50 kilos, you know, for a bit, right? So, you'd need it, you'd need five people to like carrying a coffin, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, I suppose so, which is which is heavy and uncomfortable and yeah. always, always miserable, but there you go. Call it lens pallbearers. Um, yes. You know, and, and we drift down and down into the 89, 60,000. Yeah, it, it gets all a bit dull and boring after that point, yeah, doesn't it? and then, you know, you, there's something that caught my eye for a mere, you know, a smidge of $15,000, which is for a horseman, and it's a 5.6 and it's a 23 millimeter, but that would be for a um, eight by 10 camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And would be pretty, pretty cool. And that's, that's if you were a serious landscape photographer in uh, using eight by 10, this starts to get into the realm of um, non dreamlike possibilities because your cameras themselves you know a top end shape by 10 you know top 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 tier maybe five grand i i, I don't know i'm pulling this out of my head but maybe, but, yeah. I mean. but compared to some of the cameras i'll talk about in a moment uh, this seems like a absolute absolute gift and of course at the bottom of the most expensive lenses is the Noctilux we talked about. It's the new Leica Noctilux 75mm, yeah. And it's under $15,000. So, you know, uh, the relative cost of these things are, you know, obviously we preface the show with if you won the lottery. But if you were a serious uh, professional photographer or uh, wealthy individual that was a prosumer, and we're obsessed with qualities, and you were looking for a camera, for example, there mm -hmm. are many cameras that would take your breath away in terms of cost. You don't have to go far afield, and these are available at your local. 
Yeah, um, and, and I think that yeah, they're, they're, these are collector pieces, aren't they? Right. So, well, you could say that you know the the Fuji film. You're a big aficionado aficionado of, of Fuji uh, cameras. So the the GFX 100s, which is a fantastic camera with a very very uh, large sensor, 102 megapixels. It's relatively affordable. You know, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right. Sorry, uh, I thought we were going yeah. to the most expensive cameras there, but no, these, the, yeah, those are. I mean, and I've got friends who've got them. Um, I don't have any of the medium format ones myself, but they're, yeah, I remember when they, I think they launched their first one and they priced it just under ten thousand dollars or something like that, and everybody went, ah, You can't sell digital medium format for ten thousand dollars, and now you can buy them for five, you know, so yeah, so so there you go. And and you know, fighting that argument is, of course, the Leica S three which is another medium format camera with merely a 64 megapixel sensor it's weather sealed but you know it's one could say it has a limited market as they always point out but it's yours for a really effective rate of about twenty thousand dollars us that's that's Um, quite a lot that's quite a lot of money yeah i think no no need to spend that money these days if you don't wish to so not if you can get an iphone with 40 odd megapixels uh a yeah that's crazy (laughs) yes and processors it would be an interesting um comparison here um the camera that i think is this is a camera that people use a lot in commercial photography, and that's the Hasselblad A60. Yeah. Um, it's 100 megapixels. It's a CMOS sensor, but it, it has a very high dynamic range. I've rented these sometimes um, for a day. It's all I can afford. Um, but the quality of the images are really spectacular and and you know that that ranges in the 30,000 you know their their H6D camera which is uh, a multi shot so you can shoot you know <laughs> you can blast around at huge, why, why huge, you why you would want to yeah why would you want a burst yeah, mode you'd on, need a a hand, on your but, back but um, again it's a CMOS uh, very big sensor uh, it's a multi-shot, and that that starts to approach fifty thousand um, dollars. One of the things that I've been playing with—I haven't posted any of these—is emulation of cameras, lenses, studio lighting, object and subject uh, recording, emulating these in AI. Right. And the camera that I in in my Um, research and discovery, which is considered by all that I managed to see was as, as having the most accurate, sharp, amazing, both camera and, and lens combos uh, at 151 megapixels, large uh, sensor uh, and extraordinary quality the best that I've seen um, image-wise, and that's the phase one IQ4. It, right, it is okay. a very expensive camera, and it's, you know, over 50000 Um But I've managed to emulate these really effectively <laughs> using software. But again, uh, I'm only looking to, at them on my um, iPad at biggest <laughs> <laughs> in right, terms of yeah, sharpness, yeah. <laughs> and I, I certainly haven't taken it up there, but I will. And 
it will be interesting to see if on screen I could emulate the feeling of how this looks and feels. In fact, in fact, maybe I can post one. Uh, I that'd, may be, have... that'd be cool. It'd be nice to see this in in a you know in a gaming situation, wouldn't it? You know, so so you get quite a lot of, especially in things like racing games these days. You, you get mm. a lot of studio photography choices. I mean, I know you've done a lot of in-game photography yourself. Um, you know, uh, you, uh, in a in a range of games. Um, what would what would you say to being able to have these choices of of what camera and and, and lens and things like that? Yeah, but but realistically uh, simulated in, in games would that be? I suppose. You, yeah, I mean, I, you know, for me, any in game uh, construct, whether you know it's Unreal Engine or Blender, combinations thereof. I look for absolute realism now when I'm looking at how they render. Of course, a lot of it has to do with what you're playing on or what you're observing on in terms of the ability for something. You know, if I'm looking at something on a PS5 as opposed to a slow Intel computer machine, you know, um, it's a very, very different world. Um, But but I I think we're getting very, very close at that hyper-realism in terms of gaming, and that is going to further affect the motion picture business as can, well. Can you? Yeah, because this this is interesting. No, this is the future of lending. Right, thinking about this, because I know that, that there's yeah improvements all the time on on optical lenses, right? Uh, and we've also talked about you know uh, things like um, building comp- or compositing pictures from multiple lenses and multiple sensors to give you you know depth of field, but by by using five small lenses or whatever or whatever it is. Um, uh, the so there's lots and lots of stuff going on at the the junction of, of optics and com- computation. Can you, you do you think we're going to get to a point where you know at some point on our phones the portrait mode on our phones will let us say. I want to look at this photo that you've t- and I want to process it as if it was taken by a phase one with a 150 mil lens at F 2.8. And, you know, you know, do you think we'll get to that point where that'll just be common? You know, if, is, is that where the, the combination of optics and software is going to go? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. I, that, that's very, very. By the way, that's very, very close to the experiments um, that I have been making uh, with AI and and trying to input camera, lighting, film, lenses, angles, being extraordinarily specific. I'd love that. Wouldn't it be a great even, day to be able to say, I, "I want. I'm going to shoot this with my phone, but I want the output to be." as if it was shot with a Victorian Petzval lens or uh, yeah. uh, as if it was shot with the Nikon see-behind-itself fisheye. I, I absolutely believe that we On are triax. very... I think we're very... Don't laugh. I think we're very, very close to this right now. That, that, yeah. um, so, so when you're doing these experiments, because you know, I'm, I'm talking about you know, the po- the possibility for it coming to everybody's jeans pocket, right? But yeah. you're, you're clearly you doing experimentation. What does this? What is the setup that is is that that you use for for these things? Well, 
the setup is really much more in my head because I, I, I know what a camera, the difference between, say, shooting with a phase one, shooting with a Roliflex, with an 80 mil, with a 35 mil and medium format, uh, what kind of obviously film stocks, I'm using film stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what kind of light is going to work right. well and what kind of background? So, so is it? Um, so, are we talking about the experience you've developed in the last couple of years in prompt engineering? Then is that is that? Yeah. Right. So it's not that you're you've got a. Um, I, I had a mental image, you see, of something like some three D environment, like a an Unreal Engine or something, where you put a wall in it and then you put a photograph that you've taken on the wall, and then yeah, or, or hang it in space or whatever, and then you re. Um, re-image that with a camera that you've built that has those characteristics that then becomes a, an asset in in that 3D modeling environment. We're inches away from that. Ah, okay. L- literally inches away. Um, all you're talking about is the input is through your phone rather than your computer screen, Right. If you're processing it in the cloud, which you are, um, maybe the question is, can you process it on your device? And certainly when the models are small enough and robust enough and the processing power, compute power is strong enough to deal with those small models that are accurate, then uh, settings, whether verbal or, you know, analog, on your phone um, or just a digital lens to a screen touch will give you pretty close to what you want with, with compute power emulate. Um, It's what we were talking about last week. You know, if I point my iPhone at your head and it shoots a sharp picture of you, but uh, because of the narrow depth of field, since we're using one of those Noctilux emulators, <laughs> uh, that your hair may be a little bit um, soft uh, on the pixel level. Yeah. Like when yeah, you yeah. on the pixel level mm-hmm. soft, the software could really determine, oh, that is a strand of hair. And the light on that strand of hair is coming from three quarter back sunlight and slightly you know so uh, yes because you you're doing that processing at a pixel level or you well you'd have to do it at multiple levels you'd have to be able to identify an object and then identify the pixels that were involved in compri- that comprise that object wouldn't you but which i guess is partly what, what it well we could now, do that now yeah. it's, it's a question of how fast we can do it so, so, but you, you wouldn't be able to just just thinking we're still going to need the optics and we're still going to need the hardware sensors because well, well, let's ask the question then, because yeah, you couldn't take that. There, there isn't the the information, either the quantity or quality of information in a cell phone photograph that you would get from a phase one medium format camera. So, what when people talk about the the quality of the imagery that those dedicated medium format cameras do, and there are lots of people now that say, why bother? You can get that in a in an SLR or a mirrorless, you know, and or why bother because you know, um, it, it's not really any different than a Fuji, you know, uh, medium format or, or something like that, you know, then, 
um, because it's the same sensor. I mean, they're, they're very they're, the sensors are made by the same manufacturers, aren't they? For for the Hasselblads, I think. Um, I, I I think you're you're asking the wrong question. Am because, I? Okay. All yeah, right. and, and I think you start with what is your end game? Mm-hmm. Is it a print? Is it a screenshot? Is it a, a post? Is it a commercial advertising on a billboard? Is it an electronic billboard? Is it a paper billboard? Et cetera, et cetera. So mm. once you know the end game, um, which, by the way, a commercial photographer using these kinds of upmarket equipment um, always asks that. What, what's the end use? It's part of the contract you're yeah. going to make with Very your true. client. Yeah. Good point. Right? Yeah. So uh, what really is is going on here is knowing what you want to see at the end of it will then determine what your process is. In other words, if the only process is, well, I guess I got to rent a phase one camera and an 80 millimeter Zeiss lens and, you know, these kinds of lights, or maybe I don't, maybe I could just emulate this on my phone. Maybe I can just, prompt it yeah. to create what it is I need. Um, so in that way, I'm not, I'm not sure that there's any real limitation other than the limitation of one's imagination. Which brings us all the way back to Blade Runner's Enhance again, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I, I've just uh, on on our website, uh, you know, um, on the Discord, you can see I posted a couple of pictures, one uh, in in progress. But it yeah, shows yeah, you. Did see uh, yeah. did you see the red pill? <laughs> uh, I didn't see the red pill. I saw the the, the black and white one of of, yeah. uh, of a couple, which is sort of a sixties yeah. vibe to it. Mm, yeah. No, uh, underneath that, or in our um, our shared future photography album well let's go so so in the uh, ah oh yes i see it the, the red pill now so, so yes this is in the showcase channel on the tfop discord for anybody that would like to see it so ah, yeah, i i see it now wow that's yeah um, that's an emulation completely of what it, what a transparent red pill would be taken with a phase one um forget the all the parameters that i that I used. And by the way, that is just, um, that's been mucked with a bit in Photoshop and uh, uh-huh. the final representation is, um, you know, worked over with Topaz and a whole bunch of other things. I also have a blue pill. <laughs> of course you do. And uh, they're going to be a, a large format uh, lenticular so as you look at it on the okay. wall, stepping to one direction is a blue pill and the other one is a red pill. Uh, that will be the funny. final outcome. But, but in order fun, to yeah. get – Yeah, but that was my – in other words, I started with I'm going to do a lenticular. Yes. And it's going yeah. to be about 20 inches tall. Right, okay. Uh, and so – what and it's going to be a red pill and a blue pill, and so I started there, and I said, okay. "Well, how am I going to photograph, and what's going to be the most effective lenticular?" And just working back, I found that uh, I could do it with AI. Um, it, it wasn't instant, by the way. It took a while to get the 
tonalities and the shape and where the light is and, mm -hmm. you know, just the highlights and all of that to make that translucency that yeah, that's quite, yeah, so. look, look real, realistic. And so it does. And that's a, a, uh, a pull down of maybe a 35 mega, uh, megabyte file. Gigabyte file. Yes. Yeah. So no, the, the, it's a big, big file uh, to get to that size. So, yes. Yeah. Not gigabyte. Um, so that you know, that's the you know, one could what could play, and one didn't even need to spend very much money on lenses <laughs> and cameras because, you know, as we kind of move through expensive cameras, and you know, I'm I'm guilty as charged. I I, I shoot as I've mentioned many times, not not as an idle boast or, or social um, signaling, but I, I love uh, shooting with Leica cameras. I always have. I love the feel of the analog. I, I just, they feel right in my hand. I don't think about it. I am. Have you bought a Q3 yet? You can't find them for eight months, but I have spoken to Leica about a trade-in. So oh, okay. Because okay. mine is in, my Q2 is in perfect uh, Nick. And so I just thought, well, let's see where, when it's available in eight <laughs> or nine months, uh, if I feel the same way. Um, the, you know, the Q2, which is a simple camera, obviously a fixed lens, for me is one of the greatest cameras, best tools that I've ever used, because I don't think about changing lenses. I'm just like, this is the lens I have, so this is what I'm going to use. It's sharp, um, everything works. I can, I can use it with my eyes closed, which is what I so like about it. Not that I want to take pictures with my eyes closed, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. Um, Who knows? But th that, that kind of thing. But again, that is a personal thing. I think I did have a Fuji, uh, when they first came out, I forget the, Whatever they is that the X one hundred one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I, had, I had the original one of those as well. It's a long time loved ago. Loved it. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was um, great. Yeah, loved it, and probably would have continued in that realm. Um, but you know, good fortune smiled on me when we <laughs> when we got a, an order for our series. Uh, I thought I would celebrate and treat myself, which I did, and I have no regrets. And um, there, yeah. there you go. Cool. Okay. Well, so, wow. Okay. So new lenses, lots of fun lenses. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to, to render lenses on the fly, but I do, I do still like, I, I do still like having, uh, especially with a prime lens, if you, yeah, for the same reason that you just said about the Leica yeah. there, which is yeah, to be going out with, you know, one of one of my favorite lenses, I'm sure I've said this many a time, is the Fuji 35mm 1.4, which is a 50mm yeah. equivalent and is is well known for, you know, it, it, the aesthetic quality of its imaging as opposed to the technical quality of its imaging. Um, so, so that's always a good fun one to go out with. So, yeah, you know, there's no, you know, there's no substitute with grabbing a picture in real life and, 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 and working it and, and feeling it and being present. There's just nothing like it. Um, well, let's hope they keep developing new lenses for us all then, because that would be the best of all worlds. <laughs> you know, the scary thing is that not that they will stop emulating or making great lenses or having intelligence built into the lenses themselves. 
Uh, the real question is, will it become such a niche market that we'll be doing a show in two years about a really great lens that we like that's $2 million and they only made six of them for the very well, limited market? Hold that thought for just one second because we we'll go to Picks of the Week. Tell me, what's your Pick of the Week this week? Uh, I'm going with my website, tinroof.com, uh, as opposed to tinroof.studio. Um and in it, um, there's a folio of Antarctic icebergs. And I finally got around to doing some editing on those. Very cool. little editing, by the way. Most of them are very close to coming right out of the camera. And uh, which is, you know, for me, um, a kind of like I could do this too. <laughs> also, uh, there's some more of my street photography and sense of place photography. In other words, more pure photography um, that I put up to balance uh, the work on tinroof.studio, more AI versions. And so um, I just thought I would self-promote shamelessly again this week, but I promise I won't next week. <laughs> You are doing very well at the self-promotion these last couple of weeks, but that's okay. That's cool. That's all good. Right. Well, I asked you to hold the thought on the lens. Uh, my pick of the week is a camera that I've been hoping would be announced for a while. Um, and it's just been announced, which is great. Uh, but it's, a, I think, a bit of a, a bittersweet announcement for me. Um, what I'm talking about here is the new OM System Tough TG7. Uh, which is the successor to my beloved Olympus Tough TG6, hmm. uh, which, as I'm sure most people will know, because I talk about it a lot, is the uh, is the pocketable, waterproof, shockproof, you know, fireproof, bombproof camera that I, I love to take around with me, um, and uh, it's, it's just one of my go-to pocket cameras. Um, uh, it looks like the new um, the new camera, the TG7, has uh, you know lots of uh, great new bits of functionality. They've managed to squeeze more and more out of the technology, which is which is fantastic. The bittersweet bit is that it's essentially the same technology. So uh, the image processing chip, for example, which I believe is called the TruePic Eight. Um, is the same in the new camera as it was in the old camera. So that's like getting an iPhone announced, but without having a new chip in it. Um, it's got, uh, there's no nothing in the, the marketing uh, to say whether the sensor is new or the same as the old version, which leads me to speculate that it's the same, because if they had a new sensor, right, they'd be making a big fuss about it in the marketing blurb. Um, and uh, so... I, I I wish they'd been able to do something new with with the sensor and with the processing engine just to get it you know that little bit beyond. But I believe they've managed to squeeze quite a bunch of extra stuff out of it. It can do more slow mo and and video type things and stuff like that. So um, I'm humming and hawing about whether or not to get it. Um, I'm, at the moment, the the you know the, I'm thinking maybe I won't. I'll stick with the one I've got. You know and. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that... it looks like you know, it looks like one of their the big big upgrades here is 
USB Type C. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <boy>. uh, <laughs> so, so that okay. So, so let, let's be honest. That would generally, genuinely be useful at the moment. You, the, the, the one I have right now, you can charge it by by simply plugging in. You can charge the battery in camera. It's a micro USB, so rather than a USB C. So USB C is going to charge a bit quicker, isn't it? I would guess, um, and it's a bit more convenient because you don't have to carry an older style cable along with you if you've got an USB C for everything. Um, but I'm not sure that that's the yeah, not sure that's the big upgrade <laughs> no. I was looking for. But having said that, I don't know. I, I I haven't decided whether or not to to get it yet. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe I'll 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 read a little bit more into it or wait until some people have actually used one. I mean, know, it seems like a it. perfectly fabulous camera if you don't have absolutely yes similar. Um, it's like the pen camera, only with a hardened shell, right? That's really uh, well, important. and not interchangeable lenses either. So I think on the website they they all look similar sizes, but actually this one's quite a lot smaller. This is more of your your Sony RX100 type size. It's a it's a pocket camera, um, uh, and the lens doesn't extend. Um, so it's it's, it's all you know, part of the the weather the uh, waterproofing and what have you, because you can take it down to however many meters. Um, it, it's all in one compact package. Um, I mean, you, you know, I firmly believe that everybody should have a walk around camera. It doesn't need to be this particular one. But yeah, if you didn't have a, a, a tough camera and you were and you you thought you'd have a use case for one, then yeah, this this is the one to get. I think now. Um, where you know maybe maybe though like the Apple Watch Ultra two, it's not it's not an upgrade if you've already got the Apple Watch Ultra one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, you do you need, really need to buy the diving housing for it. For it, how how I have been tempted in the past. I have got quite a lot of the accessories for my TG six, which would all be transferable to the new one. So I've got the the extra wide angle lens, which you screw onto the filter ring. I've got the uh, the LED the the ring mount LED. I've got the the ring light flash diffuser. I've got I've got a few bits and bobs. The most useful one of all, though, um, uh, is the flotation wrist strap, because if you put a flotation wrist strap on it, you can literally throw it in the sea and you know uh, and it'll just float there so so that's the the most useful thing if you're going to take it out i did drop mine to the bottom of a canadian river the other day it came unhooked from its thing that was uh yeah we when we were whitewater rafting but luckily it was just in the shallows and and the guide spotted it immediately and we were able to get it straight away so i didn't lose it <laughs> anyway Soon there'll be a homing device on it and a couple of little pl- propellers, and it'll just yeah. If they put a device on it that yeah, put an Apple Air tag in it or something like that. Really, I don't robotics. know if they work underwater. Don't folks, just in case they don't, don't throw your Apple Air tags in the sea because I'm not sure that'll work. Anyway, anyway, so there we go. There's my pick of the week. Um, fun conversation. Thank you. Are those lenses? Some of those lenses are just crazy. <laughs> I'd have to try them out. I don't know that I, I'd want to buy a 1700 millimeter lens. <laughs> but I'd love to try one out. (laughs) Yeah, it seems good. And then you have to pick it up and move it to where you're going to take a picture. Yes. That you're far enough away. I'm thinking it's going to be like that photo of Ansel Adams on top of his wooden sided station wagon. Something like that. It's going to be like that, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much, Joe. Always a pleasure. And folks, thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back next week so uh take care and we'll see you soon bye-bye bye-bye you 
You've been listening to The Future of Photography. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.